0: Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, We'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline, like it's our first time, too.
1: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens.
0: Thanks for listening!
1: Now, on to the episode!
0: Season 4, Episode 14, Goodbye, Iowa.
1: So does this mean Riley's going? for this episode goodbye iowa iowa being riley
0: i don't know you know the copy editor in me thinks that there should be a comma between goodbye and iowa in this episode title so i'm already i'm just completely confused i have no idea what's going on
1: we're already pissed off (laughs) no i'm not pissed off i actually enjoyed this episode a lot like a lot more than the last one
0: i am the opposite
1: What's I did not us? like
0: this episode. I thought it was incredibly boring. <gasps>
1: that is I liked so funny. elements
0: of it. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to have things to praise in here, but compared to last week's episode, no, I did not like this one as much. So it's going to be a good discussion.
1: This summer did not do us justice in terms of us being in sync because, like, what is going on? Um, all right, well, let's get started. Let's figure out why it's not for you and why it's for me. Uh, we start off right where we left off, and that's one of the reasons why I liked it. I was like, yay. <laughs> We're just going to continue on. It's like a part two. Buffy is telling everybody what happened with between her and Maggie and that Maggie set her up. And she said it was, she sent her on a one-way recon. I
0: think it's interesting that Buffy still refers to Professor Walsh as Maggie. Like, they're still on a first-name basis, even though Maggie just tried to kill her. I don't know. I feel like I default back to Professor Walsh at that point.
1: Yeah, or Karen, or like, come up with a new name for her. Um, yeah, I agree. But obviously, Buffy's still reeling from the fact that her new mother figure <laughs> would do this to her. Uh Spike's there, and I will add that Spike is a friggin' delight in this episode. Uh, Spike says, you really have, like, a bleeding, tragic taste in men. I got a cousin married to a regurgitating frolops demon that's got better instincts than you. Buffy's like, what do you mean by that? And he says, you think Riley was out knitting booties for your future offspring while Maggie was stringing you up? So Spike is also comfortable enough. To refer to Professor Walsh as Maggie, <laughs> um, and Buffy thinks she's like, you guys think that Riley has something to do with this, and Giles is like, well, we, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't think of all the possibilities, and this really upsets Buffy, and then she's like, no, like no, I am not dating another evil boyfriend. Maggie made sure that he was nowhere around when she sent me on this very special make De- Buffy dead assignment. And Willow says, Riley looks like he wouldn't tell a little white lie, let alone a whole bunch of big dirty ones. And I was like, Willow, was it not you, like in the initiative, saying that men with honest faces usually come attached to liars?
0: (laughs) Nice callback. Good memory, Steph. I mean, we do know empirically Riley is bad at lying. So I think Willow is justified in what she's saying here. Riley has been terrible at keeping his secret of being a secret commando this long.
1: It's true. I'm surprised. Like, no, it's not just the Scoobies that know, but like the entire campus. Uh, but actually, we can speak to that in a scene later. Because Agreed. <laughs> yes. Um... Xander says like that's why it's called secret forces they keep the whole line thing to themselves and the Scoobies know that Maggie has it in for Buffy which means the initiative has it in for her and the entire Scooby gang knows about the initiative now so therefore everyone's in danger so Giles says like why would Walsh he's not going to call her Maggie he's not ready and he says why would Walsh want to kill want to kill you. And Buffy's like, well, she wasn't keen on the fact that I was asking a lot of questions, that's for sure. And Anya says that she was getting too close to something. But what is, um, but what is she so desperate to hide? And then we cut to a very foggy forest. And Adam, remember Adam?
0: I do remember Adam. He uh, killed Professor Walsh.
1: I know. And now he's out just walking around. He, he left through a doorway in the forest and he's going to explore Cut to credits. Uh, right after credits, we're right back in that room discussing more. The Scoobies are all grabbing their weapons, and Xander thinks they're going to go storm the Initiative. And Buffy's like, "No, I was thinking more we would go hide." And he's like, "Okay, great." So they relocate. They want to. She wants to relocate where there's where they're less likely to, likely to be found, um, so that they can come up with a plan. And Willow's like, well, "You can take my place." Like I, I'm guessing she means her parents' place, uh, which is you know that beautiful mansion. <laughs> with um, the nice computer. Uh, And Buffy says, the initiative guys know how close we are. They'll automatically check the places that we hang out. Xander, what about your basement? (laughs) They haven't seen us together that much and there's enough room. Now, this isn't true, all right? I'm like, if Riley's in the initiative, he knows that Xander's part of the Scooby gang, number one. Number two, why don't you guys go to Anya's? It's a very secret location in that we don't know anything about it. And they definitely don't know who Anya is.
0: <laughs> Maybe they're counting on Xander's mom to not let any of the initiative guys in. That's <laughs>
1: true. Hey, you guys want some fruit punch? <laughs> so, yes, I love this because Giles is like, absolutely not. I will not squat in that dank hole. <laughs> and Spike is like, well, it's good enough for me. What? You're and you're just above it all? And he's like, precisely. <laughs> He says, why can't we just stay right here? It's very unlikely those initiative boys are going to come around here to look for dot, dot, dot. Riley just walks in. He just walks in. He's comfortable enough just to walk in. Nobody knocks
0: at Giles' door.
1: Nobody knocks. Nobody takes off their shoes. But like, Riley, you're so new (laughs) to just barge in. And he's like, Buffy, are you okay? What happened? All I know is that something went down. And Buffy's like, Maggie tried to kill me. And Anya's like, it didn't work, but they're all upset anyway. (laughs) So Riley's like, I need you to go over everything step by step. There has to be some kind of mistake. And Xander's like, There's no mistake. How do you How do you know something even happened? And Riley's like, I was on a mission and I came back and like I'm just I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what happened. So let's keep our heads and not jump to any. And then he looks over and he sees Spike and he's like, That's Hostile Seventeen. And it's funny that he recognizes Hostel 17 now, but he didn't in Doomed.
0: Remember, Spike was in disguise. He had the very loud Hawaiian shirt on. You couldn't tell that was Spike.
1: It's so true. And even here, he doesn't have the Hawaiian shirt on, but he does try the accent where he's like, oh, no, I'm just a Xander friend. <laughs> and he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm your guy. Because he knows that Buffy will protect him. And Buffy's like, that's Spike. And it's like a long story, but like, he's not bad anymore. And Spike's like yeah, I am. Like, I'm bad. It's just that I can't bite anymore, thanks to you wankers. And Riley says that we've been looking all over the place for him, and you've known where he is all along. And Buffy's like, it's not like that. Actually, Buffy, it's exactly like that. Right? (laughs) And I personally would love to hear Buffy explain to Riley why Spike is there, because we don't know.
0: (laughs) We don't. And what we're seeing here, right, this is part of the theme of this episode is Buffy has accepted the moral gray areas of fighting demons and the forces of darkness, right? Riley, bless his corn-fed Iowa soul, he's such a simple himbo, (laughs) and everything is black and white for him, right? It's good or it's bad. It's sanctioned or it's unsanctioned. So to him, the very idea that you would work with a hostile subterrestrial the very idea that you'd give one shelter even if it has useful intel which spike no longer has it's foreign to him and, and he has so much trouble wrapping his brain around it And we're gonna we're gonna see this come back throughout the episode so yeah i agree with you that would be an interesting conversation but we get hints of that conversation later on when buffy's trying to justify like when she's at willie's right and uh, sorry, Willie's place.
1: Get it right, get it right.
0: And, uh, you know, Riley's like, what are you doing here? And he's all like shook by the fact that she's consorting with demons. So, you know, we're really seeing some differences here between how Riley and Buffy operate.
1: How would you describe it to Riley if you were Buffy? I guess you'd be like, well, you, you, like he's he's our enemy and, and we don't like him and he doesn't like us. Uh, Yet we save his life a lot. I don't know, like how, like, how would you even begin to explain why Spike is A, alive, and B, hanging out I with you? I
0: don't know, because I don't know why Spike is still alive at this
1: point, remember? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this is, I mean, we'll talk more about Spike, and I, I again, I really like Spike in this episode, um, particularly for this scene
0: yeah he's not in this episode that much so we don't get enough of him but i agree it's
1: it's true but I, i think this scene itself was like it reminded me why spike has always been one of my favorite characters in the past um because it's just so funny right so after this conversation Riley is like, well, what is he doing here? Like, explain to me. And Spike's like, I'm leaving you swabs to your dramatics. Thanks. I've got my stories on the telly for that. He's talking about passions. And he's like, by the by, if you're trying to kill her, and then he like gives him like two thumbs up.
0: <laughs> and like the cheesiest smile.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, but here's the, so I, I, that made me laugh out loud. But here's something that I need to point out. So, So Spike has his leather jacket. He puts his arms through it. So he's wearing it and then he flies it up, like hoods it up over his head and runs outside into the sun. But like he's wearing the coat. So why isn't he burning up? Because my my understanding is the blanket and the tarp there, he's not wearing it. It's not part of his body. He's using it as a cover up. But this he's no, wearing I, the coat.
0: I think there. Yeah, I think you've got a little misunderstanding here. It's exposure to skin, right? If sunlight hits the vampire's skin, that's when they start smoking and then catch fire. So as long as his skin is covered...
1: Uh, good. so it's the skin that catches fire, not the clothes. They just happen to right. catch fire too because they're there.
0: Exactly. Like, oh. you, know, it's, you know, Clothing these days, usually... Very flammable, so...
1: The more you know, everybody. Okay, so he leaves. Uh, Riley's like, Buffy, what is this? You're hiding in an HST and he's getting, like, interface. And Xander says, why don't you just back off and let her ask the questions? Your boss just tried to make monster food out of, out of her. And, Kara, I can't lie. I would never lie to you. I would never lie to our <laughs> listeners. I thought this right before Xander said it, which means I am thinking... What Xander is thinking? What is happening?
0: <laughs> okay. Well, first off, Steph, I have to say I would lie to you, especially if you asked me to lie to you, like Buffy asked Giles to lie to her at the end of "Lie to Me." I would do that for you.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you.
0: But I'm with you on this. I have to say, kind of like we were saying about Spike, Xander he he's pretty good in this episode. There's a couple. There's of moments moment, where I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> There's one moment. Yeah, Xander. A, there's a moment. Yeah, but in general, like the, the writers give him interesting things to do in this episode. I like how he accompanies Buffy on part of the adventure. You know, he gets some action. Sorry, that came out wrong. <laughs> well, he He's tries involved to get in the action. Uh, I, I like Xander in this episode because they haven't had a great track record with how they've used Xander in season four so far, right? So... I just wanted to say that
1: he's supportive and calming, and and he has Buffy's back all the way. So when he said that, right, like back off, I like I literally thought that when Riley was like, like, "What is this? Explain yourself." I was like, "Back off!" And then Xander said it. I was like, Bleh. "I was like, oh no," <laughs> but he's actually pretty good. He's pretty good in this episode. So Riley says, this isn't Professor Walsh. There must be something making her act this way or controlling her. And Giles is like, we think that Buffy may have become too inquisitive. She was getting close to something that Professor Walsh was trying to hide.
0: Uh, Can can we just, you know, remind people that, like, Professor Walsh only had to put up with Buffy for a couple of days, maybe a week or two at the initiative. If this is how long it takes for for Buffy to be too inquisitive.
1: (laughs) Kate... How many other
0: people has (laughs) Professor Walsh killed because they asked too many questions?
1: Sent on a one-way recon. Um, Let's take a step back and think about Professor Walsh and her relationship with Riley. Do
0: do we have to?
1: We we do. Because she was watching them have sex.
0: (laughs) I don't want to think about
1: that. She was watching them have missionary sheets between them sex in his bedroom the, like a couple nights ago. And you, you, my friend, speculated, perhaps she does this often. <laughs> I did <laughs> so, Right? So, okay, Walsh is very likely Riley's mother figure, right? We'll talk about that later too. But uh, could it also be she was feeling jealous of Buffy taking up her precious Riley's time? Lots of layers going on here that I'm uncomfortable with, but I think it's worth... Mentioning that perhaps, perhaps she's just like, this bitch is moving in on my territory and I can't have that. It's not part of the plan. But also, like, Riley's my man meat that I watch have sex by himself, not with others, you know?
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <So> meanwhile,
1: <laughs> I don't make the rules. Buffy asks about 314, and Riley's like, maybe she was testing you like a drill. <laughs> Riley. Um, and Buffy's like, then why did she say I was dead? It wasn't a test. And Jazz is like, I've heard rumors that the initiative isn't all we've been told. Secretly, they're working towards some darker purpose. Something that, something that might harm us all. And Riley's like, no, that's not what happens there. I would know. And I was like, that's <laughs> really rich, Riley. That's really rich coming from you because in the last episode, you yourself said you don't ask questions. Like, you, you don't care. You're told what you need to do. You're doing good. That's all you know. So to say that you would know here is wild. <laughs> so Buffy's like, we're just trying to sort it out, Riley, because he's getting upset. And he's like, I can't be here. I'll sort it out on my own. And he goes to leave. And he's just like, sorry, because Buffy falls into the door and he leaves. So the oddest part of this episode for me is this scene, because there's a little boy playing with dolls next to his bike in the middle of the forest. (laughs) No explanation, no reasoning other than... It was a
0: simpler time. (laughs) I think you and I might recall this from our childhood. We were allowed to run around and go anywhere we wanted as kids, right? Our parents didn't care as long as we were, you know, home at some point by maybe by sunset or something. I suppose. Our parents were chill. And it's different nowadays because nowadays kids can barely leave their parents' sight, right? But... Um, I find this entirely believable right kid you know got on his bike had some toys in his backpack (laughs) biked over to the forest or something because his parents are working two jobs to support themselves and you know maybe he's a latchkey kid or something
1: hear me out later we see Buffy and Riley venture out to this spot and it is in the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> that is that is true. It doesn't well it doesn't look like it's in the middle of nowhere in this scene, but you're right. When we get to the crime scene yeah. scene it's like they're like in the desert <laughs> They're
1: like yeah in a large field um but i would say that unless adam carried him out there
0: oh oh that's a good point
1: we also don't know how buffy got there <laughs> now that i think about it because she doesn't drive but uh she took an uber maybe but um i'm just saying i i was just confused i was like why is this child out here in the middle of nowhere by himself playing with dolls but i digress because adam approaches him he's like What am I? (laughs) And the boy's like, you're a monster. And Adam's like, I thought so. What are you? And he's like, I'm a boy. And he's like, a boy. How do you work? And he's like, I don't know. I just do, (laughs) which is like the best answer to anything. (laughs) And he's like, what's that for? And he's pointing at Adam's, I put arm needle. And then I think later in my notes, I it's it's a skewer. Yeah. (laughs) But arm needle it is. And Adam looks, he's just, and Adam looks down at it and just smiles. Ooh. So... Quick weird shot to Riley walking around Sunnydale campus looking sad. And then we cut to Dr. Engelman. Remember him from the last episode? I do remember him. He's like the most popular scientist in this entire facility. Because
0: he has the best hair.
1: (laughs) Yes, because, well, he's the most suave. He enters 314 and the lights are turned off. They won't turn on. I think Adam was playing Moloch-level tricks here and took all the light bulbs. Praise Moloch. (laughs) Praise Moloch. So he walks in. He's like, Adam? professor walsh and then he slips and falls and of course he sees her dead body on the ground and i you hate when you slip
0: and fall in a pool of your own superior's blood
1: yeah when you're when you find your boss dead (laughs) for my my, this is actually one of my favorite horror tropes in any movie or show is when someone slips very likely on the the victim's blood and then when they're on ground level they look up and it's the that body. There must be
0: a lot of blood for it not to have dried by now.
1: Excellent point. That's what I'm thinking that Adam took the light bulbs and then poured <laughs> water and blood everywhere before he left because he's a monster robot uh, person. He doesn't know what he's doing, right? So that scared me. That's a genuine like, ooh, I'm freaked out by that. So in Xander's basement the next morning, giles is waking up and i think he slept on like either it's an inflatable chair or a pool floaty and i can't decide what it is um but clearly he slept on there for the night and the the basement split up by like this row of blankets that that are hanging to like divide the room but it's not a big room so it's like really funny that they had to divide it all uh, i guess to get for some people can change and such willow anya and buffy are lying in Xander's bed watching roadrunner on tv
0: are they in Xander's bed? I thought they were on like a pullout couch.
1: I thought that's what Xander's bed is.
0: Oh. Is I it? Thought, well, where was Xander in all of this? I thought Xander was in Xander's Maybe
1: bed. Maybe he slept in his old bedroom. We'll never know. <laughs> Maybe he slept in there I with just them too. I thought it was
0: interesting how Anya was squished in between Buffy and Willow.
1: Yeah. I, I my, my thoughts were that the three girls shared that and then Giles and Xander slept on the floor. Um, but possibly Xander was also in the bed. <laughs> so... Ugh. <laughs> Not in that way, Kara, to sleep. Get your mind out of the gutter.
0: You're the one who dragged it here.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll t- drag it there any day. Uh, Giles comes and turns the TV off because he's got a headache. And Willow's like, ooh, someone's a cranky bear in the morning. And Giles is like, well, yeah, because I, like, I can't imagine why I didn't sleep well on my beach ball. And Anya says, every time you moved, it made squeaky noises. It was irritating. And Giles says, really? I'm surprised you could hear it over your Wagnerian snoring. <laughs> I was like, can you guys make out already? Like Giles and Anya are giving off tension, sexual tension vibes.
0: Buffy notices this.
1: Oh, Buffy notices it because she says, can we not? Like everything screwed up enough without you two doing scenes for my parents' marriage. (laughs) And uh, she's absolutely right. So they apologize to each other, but I swear to God, I was like, there's a heat. There's heat happening here between Giles and Anya. I agree. This rewatch has taught me that they should have gone together. Of all these characters, those are the two that should have gotten together. Don't
0: forget Spike and uh, Joyce.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite pairing of all, you know that. Giles leaves the girls to do some girl talk. Ooh, girl talk. Willow says that it'll be okay, Buffy. You're like, Riley's just confused, that's all. And Buffy says, it just seems like things could get heavier and his whole world is falling apart. And Anya's like, after everything you've been through with Angel, you should really get a boring boyfriend like Xander, but you can't have Xander. And Buffy's like, well, that was the idea, right? Like Riley was supposed to be Mr. Joe guy. We were supposed to do dumb things, like hold hands through the daisies going (laughs) tra-la-la. And Willow's like, poor Buffy, your life resists all things average, which is so true. And Anya says, dump him, but you can't have Xander. <laughs> so Buffy says, like, I'm already at the I hurt when he hurts, I smile when he smiles stage. And Anya's like, I hate that part. And Buffy says, I'll have to make, I'll have to make it work. So Buffy is saying that her feelings have deepened so much for this bowl of dried cereal that she just can't walk away from him right now, even though he yelled at her in front of all her friends. Xander then comes down, and I was like, what the hell's going on? Xander literally brought everybody breakfast on a tray. I'm like, it's so nice. I mean, you know, they're staying at his house, bars low, but I was just, I was like, oh, there he is. He's like, turn on the TV, and there's a TV reporter saying that a boy was stabbed with a large skewer with an arm needle, (laughs) and his body was mutilated. And police have not named a suspect, and the killer is still at large. And Buffy says, the Palgara demon had a skewer on its arm. That's the one that Maggie insisted we bring back alive. And Giles says, she must have sent it after you. And Buffy's like, and it got distracted. God. So Willow says, it's not your fault. How could you know? And, you know, Giles is like, you mustn't blame yourself. And Buffy's like, I'm not going to. She stands up and she says... I'm going to that crime scene to see what I can find out. You guys research the Polgara demon. I want to know where it is. When I find it, I'm going to make him pay for taking that kid's life. I'm going to make him die in ways you can't even imagine. And it's like really intense. And then she looks down and she's like... That probably would have been, would have sounded more commanding if it wasn't we- if I wasn't wearing my yummy sushi pajamas.
0: <laughs> True, but um those are some pretty badass pajamas. I would have those pajamas.
1: Yeah, they're so sick. I bet you can find them online. You can find them on Amazon for sure.
0: So then we cut to Riley. We got Forrest catching up with him. They're at their dorms. Forrest is like, "Oh, where you been all night?" Huh? Huh? And he's thinking Riley and Buffy did it, which is not entirely wrong. He's just a little bit slow. It's true. And Riley denies it. He's like, I wasn't with Buffy. I had to be alone. You know, he's all broody McBroody face. And then he's like, I got to talk to you. So he he brings Forrest into his room and Forrest is like, oh, this is, this is serious. And Riley says, Professor Walsh tried to have Buffy killed. Mm. And of course, Forrest doesn't, you know, believe Riley. He's like, did Buffy tell you that? Do you have any proof? Because- Forrest was not well-disposed to Buffy to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So Riley says, well, I know it's true. Uh, and then he he tells them the theory, right? You know, Buffy is getting too close. Professor Walls had a secret that she had to protect. And Forrest blames Buffy. And he says, you know, it's Buffy's fault that she was poking around, putting her nose where it doesn't belong. She's a pain. Always wanted to know why this and why that. And Riley's like, are you saying she deserved to die? Is
1: that, is that what you mean? And Forrest is like,
0: well, I don't know. I'm not, it's not my call.
1: <laughs> I'm not, not saying that. And then
0: he tried to turn around. He's like, maybe Buffy's the bad one. And of course, Riley doesn't like that. Uh, and then he says, are you jealous? You know, is this because Buffy's a better soldier than you? And of course, Forrest doesn't take that very well. And he says, it bugs me that she's using you to infiltrate our operations. Riley doesn't want to believe Buffy could be a spy. Forrest says the professor's not stupid. If she tried to kill Buffy, maybe Buffy needed killing. And that's when Graham comes in. Hi, Graham. Good old Graham. Reliable Graham. Right. And before he can referee this argument, uh, he has to deliver some bad news. Professor Walsh, brace yourself, Steph, is dead. <gasps> so now we go to the initiative, right? Um, Riley and Forrest are getting the briefing. They finally get let into 314. Remember, this is the first time they've been allowed access to the secret lab. So we see Walsh, you know, dead. They haven't really done anything yet. Let's uh, just traumatize all of, you know, the subordinates. And Forrest, because clearly he's being trained in forensics and he knows exactly how to look at a dead body and determine what killed it. He's like, look at that wound. She's being staked. would not you say, brother? Only one person I can think of who could do something like that because... As we all know, only the Slayer can wield a stake. Anybody else who picks up a pointy weapon is physically incapable of using it on someone.
1: Yeah, it's it's true. It is only the Slayer that can use There's a wooden a lot of jumping
0: weapon. to conclusions happening here.
1: <laughs> Why are you guys thinking it's faith? <laughs> That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> right. So Riley says we don't know a person did this. Could be the Polgara demon. Force is like this is your girlfriend's M.O. So Riley gets physical. He grabs Forrest. He says, that's a serious accusation. You better be ready to deal with the He's consequences. He's punched
1: Parker for less. Right?
0: In front of Forrest. <laughs> so, of course, you know, boys being the boys, getting physical, dealing with their attitudes and their aggression. And their, and their Forrest shoves Riley back and says, bring them on. And then he calls Buffy a supernatural freak he says she's blinding you and i'm sick of it
1: yeah so i'm really glad that this scene happened because you know we've been speculating a little bit about forrest like i think he's written to be you know the stereotypical soldier boy who doesn't respect women who you know only respects the rank and his position um and would only ever look up to a man right so i know we, we discussed briefly like oh there's gay vibes there that he might be in love with riley but i i honestly think that this is a good scene for us to understand a little bit more about why Forrest has such a dislike for Buffy, where I think before I would have just said, oh, he's a misogynist. Like she's a girl, she's stronger and smarter and faster than him, more skilled. Um, she gets more recognition for killing demons and vampires than he does. So he's like jealous of her in that way. But, um, when he says this, that like, she's a supernatural freak, I'm like, maybe it has to do more to do with his prejudice against supernatural creatures who he, in a previous episode, he said they're animals, like he doesn't think of them as intelligent beings. It's one layer that Buffy's a, a girl, Buffy's a woman who is more superior to him and that bothers him. But on the other level, he actually doesn't think of Buffy as a human at all.
0: Interesting. Okay, I see what you're saying there. Hmm. So Dr. Engelman breaks up the fight this time. He gets between them. Uh, I, I like how this is framed because he's shorter than Riley and Forrest. So it's kind of like he's got the authority because he's in the white lab coat and he's got the gray hair, right? But yeah. yeah, physically he's much less imposing than Riley and Forrest. So he says, you know, show some respect. Everyone's upset, but we shouldn't argue about what Professor Walsh would want. He says, Washington is sending in somebody to investigate. So now we we understand, right? Like the initiative... Has like headquarters or something in Washington. There are superiors who can come in and clean up this mess. And Dr. Engelman says, We have to wait for their word. Riley, of course, doesn't like this. He's like, Shouldn't we go after this Polgara demon? It's on the loose. And Dr. Engelman's like, Yeah, it probably escaped through this tunnel. And he's, he's like, well, Whatever. He's like, <laughs> We can't do anything about it. Which, okay, dude, uh, that doesn't seem like a good attitude. And Riley would agree with me because after Doc- Dr. Engelman just pieces out, yeah. he leaves them un- like unsecured in this crime scene. <laughs> he just leaves, and then Riley turns to all the other military guys that he's in charge of, and he's like, "You know, fuck this guy. Yeah, We're fuck go after that. the demon." <laughs> Which I don't think Riley's thinking clearly, but I have to agree with him at this point. It's like if you truly believed a demon's on the loose, and I mean, I think Dr. Engelman knows it's not a demon. It's adam and he's got ulterior reasons for not letting the boys out yeah but
1: i bet washington didn't say that <laughs> right
0: like riley's correct his instincts here are correct uh and of course all his boys are behind him uh so they all gear up he's like suit up for armed patrol loaded guns man target practice is over what do you mean riley have you not been having loaded guns this entire time <laughs>
1: Kate, Kate, but it's this scene that you and I referred to earlier where it's like, can you guys be chill for one second? Because they they are in their army gear and they are driving all over the cemetery, running this way and that way with their guns out. And like anyone and, and could recognize them.
0: Right? Riley, Riley spends the entire episode from here on out in his fatigues with a gun. Walking He goes around. to Willie's place. <laughs> he goes to a civilian crime scene. He's just walking around Sunnydale you know that's that's not what soldiers do
1: like, right? it's not, like, and like it's not like the past 14 episodes they've been like let's get in our like let's let's like blend in and then just like I, yeah he's lost i, I, his I mind. mean this is
0: the episode where they completely jettison any pretense that riley's going to school or even <laughs> that buffy's going to school right like does buffy ever mention class after
1: this no her psych class ended <laughs> and then her professor just died so um yeah so like we said the army boys are just swarming everywhere they don't even care forrest and graham break into spike's crypt we know it's spike's crypt they don't know it they think maybe a homeless guy is living there um this is so funny because forrest is like jacked up he's like like if i see a demon it dies and graham <laughs> touches the tv and he's like still warm <laughs>
0: Ah, old school cathode ray tube televisions. Absolutely you'd be able to tell if it's still warm.
1: I'm going to try that with my TV downstairs later. Like, I'm sure it would be warm still if we turn it off, right?
0: Um, Depending on the type of TV, maybe, like, the back would be a little warm, but most modern electronics these days, because almost everything is solid state, like, your computer gets warm underneath, right, because of the processing power, but something like a TV, uh, certainly not to the extent that a CRT TV would be, right? Because that's literally, you know... The components are heating up as you run the electricity through them. Uh,
1: I just tested my screens right now on my on my counter and you know what? They're cold. So there you go. Interesting. So anyway, from that they can tell that somebody was in there. So they there's the grave there, they lift up the lid and there's a skeleton, but it's undisturbed. So as they leave, Forrest gets pissed and busts the TV. It breaks it and he says, animals. And cut to Spike, who was hiding underneath the skeleton.
0: That That's supposed to be ironic, right? Because Forrest is the one busting the TV, which, you know, very kind of like pointless and mean of him if somebody were really living
1: there. He's like, not on my watch. <laughs> so... We we cut to Buffy, who's at the site. Like we said, she I don't know how she got there, but she's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like she's in the middle of like an empty field where there's where a, li- a little down the ways people are attending. And the boys the boy's body is being removed now. I think it's still the same day. So. It's the same day, but like I I just feel like it would be taken a lot longer. like the, the reporters already reported about it this morning. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. I don't know crime scene stuff. So they're wheeling it away and a wild Riley appears and Buffy says, I'm sorry. She's like, I'm sorry about earlier. I know everyone came on you Why pretty strong. Why are you strong.
0: apologizing, Buffy? Come on, woman. Don't apologize. Resist the Oh,
1: I was annoyed because she's like the Spike thing. Okay, well, I do think she has to apologize for the Spike thing because there is no reason for him to be alive or there. <laughs> I you know, no, I don't know that she has to
0: apologize. No, 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 not apologize. Thing, right? No, no, no. It's not like she, when she was harboring Spike, this was before she even knew Riley was part of the, the initiative. Right? I agree.
1: So not apologize but explain she does need to explain spike to us first then to riley <laughs> and riley's not even looking at her so she says hello i'm apologizing here and i think that pretty much that's pretty big of me since i'm the one that almost was made a demon sandwich
0: okay no no no, buffy you would have been made demon shish kebab i don't think that the Polgara demons or are... no she wasn't up against the Polgara demons she no. was up against the axe-wielding demons yeah so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what their culinary inclinations were. If right. They were planning to make her into a sandwich or a burrito. They seem or... like
1: taco taco guys to us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
0: yeah this, is, this is my thing is I'm just I'm not getting a sandwich vibe from that fight scene in the last episode.
1: Mm-mm-mm. So Buffy's like, can you throw me a bone here? Oh, he and Riley's her like a
0: bone, but that was last episode.
1: I like this little sexual joke from Miss Cara. Um, Riley says, Maggie's dead happy now (gasps) that's harsh riley the hell why would you say that and buffy says that too she's like how can you ask me that of course i'm not happy what happened and riley's like it's classified (laughs) So Riley's not trusting Buffy. Forrest got into Riley's head. Wouldn't it be
0: classified that she's dead? <laughs>
1: like... Buffy says the Polgara, like it got her and escaped, didn't it? I'm going to find it and destroy it. And then you can stop asking me how happy all this death makes me. Ooh. So Buffy's pissed rightfully and she leaves. So let's cut quickly to Willow, who was at Tara's door willow's saying oh i had fun the other night those spells oh wink and then willow says i hope you don't think that i just come over here for the spells I, I really like just talking hanging out with you and stuff and tara says oh i know like but do you want to do a spell and she's like yeah um mm-hmm. it's it's really important and she starts to explain herself and tara says you don't have to explain like it's fine i don't mind
0: I, I do think it's nice that willow clarified that
1: though right yeah yeah that's nice and um tara says i've been thinking about that last spell we did the the last spell we did all day and okay I really love this sexy spell talk we got going on between these two girls because like they're debriefing their last hangout like a hookup. And I don't know if you if you would know, Kar. So let me just explain. Like the whole. please
0: explain. I'm very confused.
1: (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) So the whole like, you know, um, I don't just come over here and hang out with you because we do that stuff. Right. Like I actually like you. I, it's not just what you can do for me. Oh, is that a me. thing that
0: people actually have to say? Yeah,
1: absolutely. If you're hooking up with somebody, and like you're, that, that's what it's all about. Oh, um, I thought it
0: was just Willow recognizing that. Tara is a little like socially awkward and worried that she's being used
1: no no it that's what's one way to read it that's for sure and I think that's correct but um I'm just saying there's a hookup culture subtext here that I was reading into where the metaphor for them having sex the last time they got together is very heavy and you and I I think we can I think we both agree that they haven't had sex yet they haven't done anything physical
0: well no clearly they're just two girls who are very good friends Steph I don't of course they're roommates (laughs) so what you're saying is willow is being the anti-parker right now
1: yeah exactly right she's just saying like look i had fun making spells with you wink um but i like you and i'm here to see you and tara's like you know oh i was thinking about you know a lot the last time we hung out all day like i was thinking about all you know you get it now like there's thank a thank you
0: for explaining that because <laughs> yes i did not get any of that subtext
1: well there it is um so that's what i mean like i was like oh look at this you guys a little flirty flirty conversation and willow says that this uh, and again you and i have said we don't think that they've actually gotten physical yet i think that's a something that we would touch on later perhaps maybe um but the subtext is there like the the metaphor for sm- magic and spells equals some sort of physical interaction so Willow says um you know oh yeah this one's gonna be fun too we ca- we conjure the goddess Thespia to help us locate demonic energy in the area shouldn't be too tricky and Tara says the goddess Thespia are you sure we're ready for that and Tara's showing a little hesitation here and willow says you and me this is beneath us so Tara says okay if you say so so let's cut to Willie uh, to Buffy going to Willie's bar we haven't seen Willie since the zeppo I think.
0: It's been so long. It's been a long I'm time. Glad Willie's doing all right, you know. He's been through some tough times.
1: He's cleaning up his act. He, that's what he talks about in the scene. Um, I really love that the one vampire sees Buffy and just gets up and goes.
0: He knows what's good for him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Buffy like mentions like, "Oh, the place is really jumping, right?" And will and Willie's like, "I'm making changes in my life, getting away from the old image." And Buffy's like, "Oh, so you mean you mean as a double-dealing snitch?" And Willie's like, uh huh. After the apocalypse demons, he means the elves from the Zeppo, um, they nearly did me in. I had an experience of the spiritual variety. So he, he had like an angel moment from Amends. Um, Bappy asks him about the Polgara demon, and Willie just says that, you know, I don't talk about people behind their backs anymore. <laughs> and he's like, the bar's called Willie's Place now, which before I think it was just called Willie's. And he's like, it's a bet. Uh, like I'm going, bringing in a better clientele, and I got a deep fryer, and I make the demons chicken fingers. a
0: sign like that, <laughs> yeah. those things aren't cheap.
1: Yeah, so he's really trying to make a difference in his own life, and um, he lowers his voice and he's just like, um, "Look, if they see me dealing with you, then I'm the same old Willie working both sides of the street." And Buffy's like, "Well, like I got to punch you, don't I?" And he's like. Only once, and it, you don't have to make it hurt, just make it look good. And he closes his eyes, and Buffy, like, draws her arm back, and he's like, ow! And she's like, I didn't hit you yet. And he's like, okay, okay. So he shouts, no, I can't talk to you. And then Buffy punches him, and then he just unravels, like, a cheap suit. And he says, word was that Buffy and the army guys got the last Paul Garrett demon. Like, that's it. He, he's been off the streets ever since. So Buffy's asked about 314, but that's when Riley enters, looking sweaty as hell. And Buffy asks um, if he's following her and he's like, I thought I'd help you, but now I see you're not hunting demons. You're socializing with them again thought you were supposed to be killing these things not buying riley them drinks is
0: looking for excuses to get angry especially at buffy right now i
1: think yeah he's like looking for ways to lash out and i don't like it and so he shouted all that right and buffy says that's smooth officer riley like they teach you those undercover moves and special forces and i was like mm, careful buffy because his undercover abilities match yours <laughs> Which is to say, True. they're not good. <laughs> so Riley says, "I'm serious, Buffy. What are you doing here?" And Willie is like, you know, eavesdropping in. And Riley says, um, "I want you to tell me who are you." And Willie says, "Why don't I get you guys some chink- chicken fingers on the house?" <laughs> and Riley's like, "Hey, think you could shut up?" And Willie's like, "Well, I'm just trying to." And he's like, "I said shut up!" Like he gets. This isn't the most aggressive we've ever seen, Riley. And he says, uh, maybe you'd like to go back to the lab with me. I'm sure the coats would like to classify a whatever you are. And Buffy's like, leave him alone, Riley. He's human.
0: <laughs> Riley has no problem advertising in a demon bar. <laughs> That he is one of the guys who's been hunting all these demons the past few months. Yep,
1: and he's wearing his army gear, like we said. Like, he's just a wild man right now. And he starts ranting about harboring demons and all the stuff. And Buffy's noticing that he's shaking. And then he grabs Buffy really aggressively. And he says, the truth, Buffy, now! And Buffy says, you have the truth. You're just too screwed up. Over what happened to Professor Walsh to see it. No, let go of me. And a woman who, like, looks like an average woman. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's somebody who, like, you would know from your knitting class, Kara,
0: or. She probably eats babies or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's probably, like, the worst big bad we've ever known. But she gets up to leave and Riley, like, takes out a gun and points it at her. And he's like, no one leaves till I say, got it? And Willie's like, hey, we got new rules here. No killing. So basically, Willie's place. Has become like the hotel from John Wick. you ever see that movie?
0: Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, of course. Hello. You, hello,
1: Keanu. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's the rule is you can't kill anybody there. I don't know how he enforces that rule, but it's, it's people appear to well, obey yeah, it. I, I,
0: I think it's more aspirational, like <laughs> the rest of what's going on here.
1: It's more of a guideline. <laughs> He's
0: probably got a sign behind the bar that says days since last killing. <laughs>
1: He's like, yeah, like, oh, you like has to raise it and put zero. <laughs> so um, Riley looks at Buffy and says, right, except the rules don't seem to apply much these days, do they? And he says, if I shot you right now, he's talking to the, la- the lady he's pointing a gun at. He's like, I don't know if I'd have a corpse on my hands or one pissed off vampire. And that's actually a very fair question because we don't know what she's doing in this bar. So
0: he- here's another question. Why is Riley carrying a gun?
1: Because he said, arm up, boys, suit up.
0: Right, but shouldn't they be carrying like tasers and crossbows and all the things that kill demons and vampires and stuff?
1: Yes, you're right. Uh, What they definitely wouldn't have is a weapon that is made of wood because only slayers can use those weapons. I
0: I forgot. I forgot the rules.
1: (laughs) I know. We should write them down. So Riley continues to freak out. He says, who do you believe? First it sounds like lies, then it sounds like truths. And the woman's crying. She's like pleading with him. And Riley turns around and he just, he breaks out of it. He snaps out of it. He breaks all Willie's glasses. And then he's just like, what's happening
0: to me? So smash cut. Riley has his head in his hands. He's on Xander's bed. Everybody's spending time on Xander's bed this episode. It's the popular place to (laughs) be. It's getting a lot
1: of action this episode. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Buffy's putting a blanket over Riley, but he doesn't want it. She wants him to lie down, but you know he he's not looking good. And I think we're meant to recognize that there's something more, something deeper happening than just like grief over Professor Walsh's death. And we learn what it is later in the episode. But at the moment, right, Buffy's just kind of trying to take care of him. And she's like, you're hurting yourself. So she takes her bandana off uh, of her head and she wraps it on his hand because he's like been scratching at himself and, and cut himself, and Riley's like, "I thought I knew, but I don't. I don't know anything. I don't know anything." He's 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 basically the equivalent of like, you know, in the fetal position, rocking back and forth at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he's like, I, "I I don't know which team I'm on. Who the bad guys are? Maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe <laughs> oh, I'm the thing no. you should kill." Which a little bit of an overreaction at this point.
1: Riley. Mm, dial back, Riley. So, Riley. Buffy
0: says no don't you even think that listen to me you're sick you just need to get some sleep please lie down for me and he does because you know ruffy's ruffy <laughs> riley is a good himbo
1: I, I was thinking you put that because in my note i said he's a good dog so it's like yeah Ruffy. Ruff. 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 uh lie down and he lies down and she even pets yeah. him for it you know because he's a good dog yeah
0: it's, you know like she's taking care of him yeah like i don't know i'm not a fan of what they did with Riley in this episode, I understand that we're going to learn more about, you know, Professor Walsh's plan and whatnot. But based on what we know so far in in this season, whatever's happening to Riley here, he's making it all about him. (laughs) And he's putting Buffy in the position of having to take care of him. You know, he's kind of the man child right now and she's she's having to take care of him take care of the Polgara demon, uh, help him grieve Professor Walsh, who just tried to kill her. Like, you know, it, it's it really just strikes me as an example of how in times of crisis, very often women are expected to put aside our emotions and our trauma to support the men in their emotional and physical trauma, right? And mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing here. And I'm just kind of like, Riley, like, Pull it, pull it together man <laughs> like,
1: yeah that's a really good point um are we feeling bad for riley right now like do you feel bad for him no no okay no thank
0: you for bringing that up yeah. i feel no sympathy for riley my my emotion toward riley in this episode stuff can be summed up with one word meh
1: <laughs> meh uh my thing is like i can if i was trying to get into his headspace and the whole like buffy said it earlier right his whole world is falling apart like sure like He's gotten into a fight with his best friend, his mentor slash mother figure died. The initiative might not be what he thinks it is, or could it be his girlfriend who doesn't know who might not be what he thinks she is? He's just really confused when usually he's the kind of guy, like he said, he's the guy that's on top of it, that does the research, that gets the job done. And he can't do that right now. So he's out of his elements for the first time. So if I get into that headspace for him, I'm like, yeah, I can make space for feeling bad for him and that he's really lost and lonely and confused right now. I don't want to. I don't want to, but if I were to, that's, what, that's where I would be. But it's funny too, because I also don't feel it. I can see where I could feel it if I could feel emotion for this character, but I can't. And I wonder if it's just because we don't know him well enough yet to be invested in why this would be so hard for him. I just laid out like reasons why it could be hard for him, but the the show has not given him enough dialogue, yeah, enough like we, time. We
0: never got an episode like we got in, with Angel in season one, where we get all those flashbacks to how he became a vampire and you know his relationship with Darla and stuff. Mm-hmm. We we don't have any idea of Riley's tragic past,
1: right? So like, what there is, this is the most tragic thing that's ever happened to him. I think. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm like, I just, I think the reason why I'm not there where I, you know, arguably should be is because we actually haven't gotten development for Riley. His personality has been one of like, okay, nerdy, straightforward guy, then guy who likes Buffy and is clumsy about it. And then he's a himbo. So now I'm like, okay, so now he's a sad, shaky, (laughs) sweaty lost lonely man so like where is the room in there for us to find the heart to love him you know yeah and i will add that's nothing on the actor mark lucas i think he's actually doing a pretty good job this episode oh i agree yeah it's the heaviest material that they've given him so far and i i bet he was glad to get the material but like this is no shade on him who i think i think he's doing a good job
0: also kudos to the makeup artists you know making riley look all sweaty and sick
1: yeah he looks a lot like i did when i had covid two weeks ago (laughs)
0: Were you also asking yourself if you were the bad guy?
1: Is, basically what you just watched between Ruffy was me and my husband <laughs> when we got COVID. Um, I will also add, is Maggie Walsh giving the Initiative men COVID pills? <laughs> is that what, what's giving them the shakes like this? Um, standing directly behind the sheet wall, <laughs> but they're acting like it's a completely separate room, um, is Giles. And Anya. And Anya's boyfriend. Oh my god, I put Anya's boyfriend and Xander.
0: I thought you did that on purpose.
1: No, no. That's just my subconscious being hilarious. Um, anyway.
0: You can't have him stuff.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll keep that in mind.
0: I know you've secretly been pining for Xander this entire time. Oh, take
1: that back. Take that back. <laughs> I miss Angel so much. So... <laughs> Uh, they're asking how he is. Alexander
0: and... and Angel look exactly yeah, the sh- same. No!
1: <laughs> where, where, What can I throw? What can I throw? It's uh, my uh, pen. Uh, uh, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. This is my last episode. Let's wrap it up. Um, Buffy's saying Riley's not just grieving. <laughs> Something's affecting him physically and it's getting worse. And uh, she wants to find out what it is. But of course, we all know Maggie's dead. So... She's like, well, they must have records, right? There's like, you know, something about Riley, 314, all of it. And um, she also, she's not also, like Maggie Walsh was not the only person knowing what was going on. And Giles and Anya are going to stay there and keep researching. And Xander is going to go with Buffy undercover. And oh no, Buffy, no, 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 not more undercover work for you. (laughs) So... Anya says, remember before? No Xander, not in a boyfriend way, or lead him to a certain death way. And Buffy says he's the only one with military experience. And Anya, bless her soul, says what we all think, and it's it's not like he was in the he was in NAM, he was G.I. Joe for one night. And Xander's like, it's okay. And he actually comforts Anya here. This is the first time I've ever seen Xander actually act like a boyfriend. And he's like, it's okay, like I've backed up Buffy before. I'll be careful, I promise. So he took a moment to be gentle with her. I was just like, I don't know, maybe it's because we've just been stuck with sweaty Riley for so long that I'm like, okay, Xander, that's nice. So Giles says, how do you plan to get into the initiative? Buffy says that she still has her clearance because, you know, Maggie died before she could revoke it, probably. And um, Giles says that they can't find anything on the demon. And Buffy's like, keep looking. So cut to Willow, who is explaining the spell to Tara. They're in Tara's room and there's a square with like, trinkets on each corner on the floor and uh, the square is Sunnydale it's like a map and they both are going to take different parts of the potion and when they do the incantation they blow on the square at the same time. Then when when it all mixes together, Thespia is called and it creates this mist over the parts where the demons are and it's going to make colors and different breeds and stuff. It's going to be awesome. And um, that's the plan. That's the spell. But while they were doing, while Willow was explaining this and Tara was listening, I was getting ASMR again. Like when these two are, are talking to each other, I'm, I get so relaxed. I'm so chill. Willow pours the potion into both of their hands. They do the incantation. But when it's time to blow, <laughs> Tara doesn't. She pours her potion under a sheet or something, a bed. I don't know. She, just, she puts it away. And Willow doesn't notice because her eyes are closed. And this is really intriguing to me because I actually don't remember what the hell. So I was like, okay, Tara is either evil or she's got secrets too. Secrets. Lies. Consequences. Tara's first consequences. Tara's first lie.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Tara has a little, a little something else going on with her. So Willow opens her eyes, and she's really confused why that didn't work.
0: I am confused about why Willow thinks this spell is going to be useful. What did the whole map light up with demons? Like, this is Sunnydale we're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking that too when I was watching this scene. I was like, it would just be like, I don't know, red and green or whatever colors that you think is going to be because there are demons literally everywhere. This is a weird plan, Willow. Like, you just wanted to go visit Tara. Like, you know, like you didn't need skews. You just wanted to go over there and do magic. I mean, I get
0: the idea of using a location spell. I just think it needs to be a little bit more granular. More specific. Why not have like an arm skewer location spell or something?
1: (laughs) You mean an arm needle? (laughs) Use the technical term. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Buffy and Xander are entering the frat house of the initiative. And let's talk about Buffy's undercover outfit <laughs> cuz it's her best one yet um she's simply wearing like I love it I think she looks amazing but she's wearing just like a red top black pants and glasses <laughs> and she put her hair back and I think at one point she gets a clipboard that's well, and it and she
0: has a lab coat that she puts on Yeah, yeah, she months, puts right? that on too. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's a pretty good outfit.
1: I think it's really funny. <laughs> it's just like people know your face, Buffy. You're the only woman in there.
0: <laughs> but she's wearing glasses. It's true.
1: She's. I mean, once you put those glasses on, she should have put on overalls too. Like, and her hair in a ponytail also helped create the illusion that she's now a nerdy science coat. Xander's wearing army gear which i assume is riley's i don't know
0: i was about to be like where did he get that? Yeah, I,
1: maybe they stripped riley <laughs> oh the my God. so um there's a joke you know buffy's getting her retinal scan Xander doesn't know what that means it works they go down in the elevator when Xander sees the size of the initiative he says holy moly like i totally get it now can i have sex with riley too as they go down the stairs, people are approaching them. And Xander, this is where I was like, what the fuck? Xander says, quick, pretend to make out with me. And he like grabs Buffy as in like to kiss her. And Buffy's like pushing him away. She's like, what? The, what why? What are you talking about? And Xander says, you know, in the movies, like when the guy and the girl have to hide... And then the people walk by and Buffy's like, please, like, could you possibly draw more attention to us? And then as they're going down, Buffy says, this is the initiative, Xander. Military guys and scientists do not make out with each other. <laughs>
0: How do you know, Buffy? You were there for like two days.
1: Uh, if She's like, Riley, she would know about it. <laughs> right? She would just know. Um, Xander says, well, maybe that's what's wrong with the world. So this was the, the one scene where I think it's funny. Like, I get it. It's a common trope when people are undercover. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why Xander would go for it after giving Anya this like heartfelt "I'll be fine" kind of moment.
0: I think Xander's caught up in the excitement of being undercover.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. That's very fair. Um, there you are, justifying Xander and his heroism in this episode. The
0: day, but here we are. All these people who are complaining were too harsh on Xander.
1: They just needed us to get to season four, honestly. so willow is bitching to giles in xander's basement that the spell didn't work right she's like i don't know why it didn't go wrong it just didn't work it just didn't happen and giles is saying that riley's asleep um it's not going well the research is really troubling because the demon is atypical for pulgara like the child he killed was mutilated there's no recorded cases of a pulgara demon ever doing that and Anya says, plus the po- the Polgara have to eat every two hours, like factor in a low IQ when you have a demon who's not exactly low profile. So you guys, I guess I think we can conclude that it's not the Polgara demon, right?
0: Right. But remember, these people are not working on great sleeps, right? Like Giles slept on a beach ball, so.
1: Listening to Anya snore. He's
0: probably not at his peak performance, right?
1: <laughs> so willow is saying okay so he they could be hiding anywhere in sunnydale without anyone seeing him and she pulls back the blanket and (laughs) riley gives her a jump scare because he's standing right there (laughs) and he's like where's buffy and but Willow says she went out can i get you something and riley's like putting on his boots and he's like um tell me where she is did she find the bulgara and he's really agitated and willow's like she went to find out what's making you sick and riley says i'm not sick she went to the initiative and Willow says, She's trying to help you. And Riley's like, She she doesn't belong there. And he keeps he grabs his stuff. He's like getting dressed. And Willow tries to stop him. And like she's like, listen to me, listen to me. And he's like, stand away from the stairs. And Willow's like, You're just gonna go get Buffy killed, right? And then Riley throws Willow to the ground and then runs away up the stairs. And Giles and Anya help Willow up. But I was like, Okay, like Obviously, we know, and in the very next scene, we're going to find out why Riley's acting the way he is, but, like, don't fucking touch Willow. Every man in this show so far, except for Giles, has attacked Willow in some way. I don't know if it's every man. Harker only, like, tried to get with Willow. That's true. And she shot him down. It was epic. I'm just saying, I don't like watching Riley manhandle Willow this way. So... Buffy and Xander are eavesdropping on Dr. Angleman, who's just given away the farm to somebody who already knows all about the farm. You know what I mean? Right?
0: It's that classic, like, I'm going to explain things. To the audience, to this person who knows what's going on,
1: and, and this other guy is probably literally like, "Yeah, I know. Like, I I know." So, do you, do you,
0: but do you think that he does that all the time? He's just all constantly explaining things that people already know. Like, maybe they're used to it.
1: Maybe he, this guy's new. Maybe he he literally doesn't know. <laughs> maybe this is oh, Washington. He
0: he could have transferred in from what? yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, he's saying, are all the men still out? They The longer they go without their meds. And they're basically saying that the, they're off their schedule. It's dangerous that they're not on their meds anymore. I don't want to think about the damage our guys could do under the stress of withdrawal. Especially since they don't understand what's happening to them. These guys don't know they've been getting meds through their food. So we better get them in here, stat. And they've located most of them, but Finn isn't one of them. And Engelman says that he's the one that's too important to the work to lose now so ooh, ooh so okay so we know Riley is suffering th- from some sort of withdrawal I thought car I thought that the vitamin that he took yesterday or the day before was the drug that they've been giving them but there he says right here we give it to them in their food
0: yeah there's a little bit of an inconsistency happening there you, you could try to rationalize it by being like well Riley has to take the vitamins with food, right? Ah, so the Riley's extra. eating schedule is messed up. But I agree with you. The The dialogue here doesn't quite match up what we've seen.
1: It's also funny too, because I was like, okay, so if they only get these drugs through their food, like do these army guys not eat anywhere else? Do they not, not go to like Olive Garden or just one night? You have to make sure
0: you give them a consistent meal, you know, each day.
1: Yeah, like it's got to be breakfast, lunch or dinner, but they have to definitely eat here at least once. <laughs> They can't just be going buying baked goods at the bronze, okay? They got to come here for a full meal and some well, drugs. Well, remember,
0: Riley, at least one of Riley's meals every day consists of a Twinkie. Kate.
1: Okay. Okay. so when do we think Riley started feeling the withdrawals? Because my level of annoyance with Riley can really differ depending on when he's getting hit with the withdrawal. Because he, became, he was kind of a jerk right at the beginning. Like, right at the beginning when he was like, you know,
0: like, what is this Buffy? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think he was, he seemed pretty stable at the beginning. I think it was after that.
1: Do we think it's when he saw her at the field, the open field where the body was?
0: He was already in withdrawal. Yeah. I think he was starting to feel it when he and Forrest were getting aggressive with each other. In ah. The
1: initial. See, I equated that to, like, hangry. Like <laughs> They're both feeling hangry. Yeah, like, the they, well,
0: there's definitely some toxic masculinity happening there, mm-hmm. but it was heightened by the withdrawal from the drugs.
1: Okay, and then by the time he gets to her at the bar, for sure he is feeling that. So um, yes. let's cut really quick to Spike who's entering Willie's place and he's getting a shot and he's telling Willie that, you know, all these army guys, they like ran him out of his place and they're all over town and like all his his troubles and a demon taps him on the shoulder and he's like, yeah, what's that? And then he gets punched. So we cut back to the lab. Angleman enters the Room of records, I guess. Uh, Room 315, I don't know. (laughs) And Buffy and Xander follow him in. And this is the worst security place in the world. Buffy throws him against the wall and... Well, I I like how
0: so Buffy keeps the door open or keeps it from closing with the clipboard. Then she enters the room and she just hands her clipboard casually to Xander, who's behind her. And I, I just, I really liked that moment because it establishes how Xander and Buffy operate, right? He just, he takes the clipboard from her because he knows he's going to hang back. Buffy's going to be the active one in this scene. And then Buffy goes for Angleman and, and, you know, proceeds to interrogate him. And I just, I thought that was a, a cute little moment. And to me, that's a good example of the way like Xander understands his role in this operation.
1: Yeah. And like that also shows us how far we've come since we've met these characters in season one and season two, even that Xander really has accepted his place as Buffy's backup. And he proudly said that to Anya earlier, right? Like, I've done this before. I know what it's all about. So it it is nice to see. Buffy's given Angleman some snark, right? And he's like, you would have been seen. Like, you know, people are coming for me because you would have been on the security monitors. And then lo and behold... (laughs) <laughs> tweaked out riley comes around the corner and he's like monitors are non-functional at this time sir went down 10 minutes ago and like riley how did you get into the this area how did you get access to this room um buffy looks at xander and he's she's like i didn't do that and xander's like thank god for small favors we'll worry about the details later huh buff like i don't understand that part of the scene because like clearly riley shut them off right
0: yeah it's not the best dialogue i think everybody's confused at this point.
1: <laughs> we don't we don't even know where riley's coming from in this engelman tells finn to take, take take the girl to the stockade and buffy tells riley that like this guy can tell us everything we need to know maggie wanted me dead didn't she and engelman said she did but he's like believe me the initiative has no interest in eliminating the slayer it was her own vendetta
0: dude <laughs> you literally said last episode That the Slayer might have outlived her usefulness.
1: (laughs) It's so funny how earlier he was like, you know, that's not like, you know, Professor Walsh wouldn't want you guys fighting. She wouldn't want this. Well, she wouldn't want you throwing her under the bus, Engelman.
0: (laughs) What a snake.
1: (laughs) Seriously. Um, Buffy says, spell it out for me. Like, I feel an attack of dumb blonde coming on.
0: I love that (laughs) one. I like how Buffy pokes fun at it and weaponizes her blondness.
1: I know. It's good. Well, that's subverting that trope, right? So Buffy threatens him and says, think harder. And he says, it was for the Project 314. It escaped. And Riley's like, that's enough. You're making her sound like some psychopath. She wasn't like that. (laughs) She was a brilliant woman. All she wanted to do was help people. This is is Uh, the uh, way you want them to remember her. (laughs) Riley. Riley.
0: Sorry, Riley. We have some news for you.
1: Riley, I'm starting to think that you might be in love with Professor Walsh. I
0: think I think we should roll the tape <laughs> from his bedroom.
1: <laughs> Riley, we got news for you. It's actually too bad that he doesn't know that, because I think that would really switch his mind real quickly. So Buffy says Engelman said Walsh was feeding you drugs. And Riley's like, You're doing this to me, aren't you? God. <laughs> this all started because of you. Buffy says, I'm trying to help you get to the truth. And Riley grabs her again. And he says, you want the truth? Then tell me, what did you do to her, Buffy? So at this point, like Riley, I don't know how much his withdrawal is affecting the way he's thinking. Um, I'm sure it's oh, a this, lot. This is
0: all of it. He's clearly, you know, having a breakdown here. I don't know if I, I'm not able to just diagnose like it a psychotic break or whatever you call it. But like, yeah, like like at this point, Riley is not, uh, thinking lucidly, right? Like, he should be sedated and he needs medical attention.
1: But it's just so interesting that he, right here, he's blaming Buffy. Like, he's choosing to to see Buffy as the villain when...
0: I think he'd blame whoever anyone? was standing in front so of him. So if
1: Professor Walsh was in front if, of him, he'd blame her. If Forrest her.
0: was there, he'd be like, you know, you did this. Like,
1: <laughs> Okay, okay. He,
0: he's just, he's feeling aggressive. He's feeling lost. He needs to punch something.
1: yeah. Buffy throws him off her and says, like, stop it. This isn't about us. Everything that we need to know is here. We just need to find out what was in 314. And then, boom, a body hits the ground and they all look up. And Adam is standing there on the landing. And he says, me. And I don't know where he got that army guy. (laughs) Just to make a dramatic entrance, I guess.
0: Do you think he, like, came in and then realized there was no way for him to do a dramatic entrance? So he went back out (laughs) and grabbed an army guy?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We know that these demons can only appear in the most dramatic way possible he's like mora he's like any vampire out there you know so adam monologues he gives us a long ass monologues the long scene he says i've been thinking about the world i wanted to see it learn it i saw the inside of that boy and it was beautiful but it didn't tell me about the world it just made me feel so now i want to learn about me why i feel what i am so i can so i came home and he jumps onto the ground and he takes a disc out like a disc a, a floppy, floppy disk.
0: disk. <laughs> a 3.5 inch floppy disk that holds 1.44 megabytes of information.
1: And it also says Angel's Soul on <laughs> it. <doesn't... laughs> but um, he, he sticks it into his chest because guess what? Maggie Walsh conveniently put a floppy disk insert thing on his chest. Right. <laughs> and, uh... Can we just take a
0: moment for like how weird this must be for people who were born after floppy disks were a thing watching this show
1: if it was nowadays he would have a little like apple jack like a little <laughs> a little apple um plug yeah, in. It,
0: it would it would be a usb drive yeah, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. if it weren't like bluetooth
1: <laughs> so i mean I, I do think it's funny it's, it's very of its time for it to be a floppy but it's just really funny that he inserts it into his chest and um he starts telling them what he's learning he says i'm a kid Kinematically redundant, biomechanical, demonoid, designed by Maggie Walsh. She called me Adam and I called her mother. <laughs> Remember that vampire from Helpless when he was like, mother. <laughs> These demons and their moms, or should I say Joss Whedon and his mom. <laughs> I-,
0: I was thinking the same thing, but I'm glad you said it, not me.
1: <laughs> so Engelman says, Maggie would want you to stand out. And Adam's like, yeah, but I have a design flaw. <laughs> I love how
0: he's like, I agree with your assessment of the situation. <laughs>
1: yeah. nah.
0: But I don't want to.
1: No, 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 Engelman. Not- <laughs> and so that,
0: here's my question, right? Is he says, I have a design flaw. But he doesn't really go into detail. Steph, do we think the design flaw is he has free will?
1: Ooh, very likely. Yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. He, she, she, uh, he says... In addition to organic material, I'm equipped with GP2D11. He starts like naming off all this stuff. And Buffy just, said, just says, like, she pieced you together with parts from other demons. And Adam says, yeah, and man and machine, which tells me what I am, but not who I am. Mother wrote things down. True. Hard data, but also her feelings. That's how I learned that I have a job here and that she loved me. And this is so funny. Riley's like, she wasn't your mother and she didn't love you.
0: <laughs> Jealous much, bro?
1: oh what is happening and Xander says is that really the issue and again I agreed with Xander so hard I was like what is going on why is Xander my mouthpiece I don't know why
0: Xander's is drawing attention to himself at this point
1: Xander just be quiet hold the clipboard and stand back <laughs> so Raleigh says she made you because she was a scientist <laughs> And Adam says, he takes another disc. Okay, this is funny too, Kara. He takes another disc and shoves it into his chest, but he didn't remove the last one. So one can only assume that Adam is just filled with floppy discs. (laughs) (laughs) And when he opened up the little boy, he expected to see floppy discs, but instead he saw guts and stuff. Maybe he
0: poops floppy
1: discs. (laughs) Yeah, does a demon man robot Still poop. Absolutely, he does. And it's all (laughs) floppy disks. (laughs) That's what happened to Angel's soul floppy disk. I like that we've really cracked that code right there. We're really, really good investigators. (laughs) So he puts this other one in there because, again, like his body is just filled to the brim until he can poop it out. Uh. And he, say, he says, mother created you too. Ooh, I don't like the word mother. It's so weird. I'd rather you just call her mom. Riley says, Maggie's not my mother. I have a real mother. And Adam's like, yeah, yeah like a birth mother. <laughs> my depiction of Adam is a lot more chill than he is. He's very, he's much more like, um, yes, you have a birth mother. But I'm, I prefer for him to be more like, yeah, yeah I know. But... After you met Maggie, she was the one who shaped your basic operating system. She taught you how to think, how to feel. She fed you chemicals to make you stronger, your mind and body. She said you and I were her favorite children, her art. That makes us brothers, family. And Riley's like, no, I'm not like you. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So Adam says... That's pain, isn't it? Why? Because your feeding schedule, the chemicals have been interrupted? Or because you miss her? And Riley says, I'll kill you. And Adam says, you won't. You haven't been programmed to. Which is really interesting, actually. Um, And Riley says, I don't need to be programmed. I'm a man. (laughs) Kara, Riley's a man. He just declared it. So Adam doesn't tell him what he is. Riley says what he is, and Adam says it's here, and he's referring to the disc in his hand. He's got he's gonna he's about to put another disc inside. He's got him.
0: a whole whack of floppy disks.
1: I mean, he was really researching everything before these guys broke into the research into the what is it records lab. So he says that she had a plan for us. What happens? How it ends? Do you want to hear it? But Riley pulls out a gun and he's like, no. And Adam knocks it away. He punches Buffy down. He throws Riley across the room. Xander, for some reason, decides to barge in. He gets thrown away, of course.
0: Anya is not going to be happy.
1: Seriously. Buffy tries to attack him again, but he's like easily outdoing her. Then he, for some reason, just skewers Dr. Engelman. (laughs) And then he stabs Riley, too. And, you know, Xander gets away scot-free. Buffy fights him for a bit more. Clearly she's outmatched, like he's he's much stronger than she is. And Adam says, "Thank you. This has been very interesting." Because now the army guys are trying to break through the door and Adam just leaves through the vent. He just walks through the vent and he's gone. So the army guys run in and Buffy is tending to Riley who has been cordeliad, and by that I mean he's got been skewered right through the middle, but apparently he's going to be fine. <sighs> Too soon. (laughs) And Xander says it uh, it escaped through the vent, like to the army guys. Buffy's like, it's not a demon. It's like a half man. And Forrest says, right. And you just happen to be in the neighborhood. And Riley's like, I'm bleeding out, man. Like none of this petty shit. <laughs> he didn't say that. But he's like, she's telling the truth now. Go, go, go. And Buffy tells Forrest that like Riley needs to go to the hospital. And Buffy's like, I'm going with him. And Forrest is like, it's a military hospital. And Buffy's like, no, like I'm coming. And he's like, back off. We take care of our own around here. Do you understand? So again, like... It's not so much saying that Buffy isn't an army person. It's like Buffy's not human. Like, right? Like, we take care of ours. Get the hell away, you freak. So the soldiers lead Buffy away. And Xander's, like, encouraging Buffy. He's like, Buffy, like, come on, come with me. So Graham and Forrest lead Forrest, Riley away. We cut again to outside willie's place um spike is being thrown out of the bar he's been badly beaten he's bleeding he's lying on the ground three demons had beaten him up and the one that poked him on the shoulder says what did you expect, Spike? A welcome party? And by the way, this demon also had a really like low, gravelly voice.
0: Yeah, he sounded like Adam. I'm like, is this the same <laughs> actor?
1: Like, what's <laughs> going on? It could be. I-, I liked the voice. Um, he says, words out, you've been making war on the demon world with the Slayer. You kill other demons and the rest of us don't hold with that. Still, if I see you around here again, I'll be inclined to break that code. Do you understand? And he leaves. So this is interesting because just like Riley... I don't feel bad for Spike here. I can't decide if we're supposed to. Um, Maybe it's too soon to feel bad for Spike. I think we're supposed
0: to. I think we're supposed to sympathize with Spike. But honestly, like, what did you expect, Spike?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Um, You can't play both sides, just like Willy, right? Willy's trying to choose a side. Spike, I think they're trying to set it up that Spike cannot join the demon world the way he had hoped. Yeah,
0: he's now between two worlds, right? He's not good, but he can't be bad. So I, I agree, I and I like that they included these two scenes in this episode, right? Spike really doesn't have a purpose in this episode after his comedic relief in the first scene. You know, I like that they just stuck that in here as kind of like we're going to develop this later in the season.
1: I also want to know why the demons all of a sudden don't kill each other because the vampires kill each other all the time. No
0: killing policy at Willies. The demons are being very respectful stuff.
1: At Willies, but like in general he's like you know you can't wage on really the demons on the demon world, or maybe it's just because he's aligned with the slayer
0: maybe they think spike will be useful to them you don't know
1: so willow and buffy are on campus the next morning and buffy's saying she hasn't heard from riley and she can't get a hold of him and she she wants to find a way to get near him and willow's like you'll find a way she's being really supportive and buffy's like i can't spend all my energy going after the initiative not while adam's out there Um, She could barely fight him, and it was like Maggie designed him to be the ultimate warrior. He's smart, fast, and gave the commando guys a slip, no problem. So Willow says there's got to be a flaw. And Buffy says, the part where he's pure evil and kills randomly was an oversight, but I never should have let him take Riley, let them take Riley. I need to be with him. And Willow says, I'm sure he's okay. And Buffy says, there's no way he can be. Everything he's ever believed in has been taken away. He's alone. He has nothing to hold on to. And then we get a shot of Riley lying in the hospital bed looking dead eyes, but then he stares at the bandana that's still wrapped around his hand from Buffy. Cut to black. So... It turns out that we're not saying goodbye to Riley, as I first thought when I entered this episode. We're saying goodbye to Riley's innocence, like the Iowa of Riley, right? Because <laughs> like, like you said, he's struggling with like, what is right and what is wrong? What is good and what is bad? Like that's what his whole thing has been for this past episode. Take
0: one of those philosophy courses, like the, the preppy guys we met in Beer bath. Yeah,
1: just meet up with those guys. Um, but this this is what I mean. Like, So he lost his mother figure, his brother's his purpose in the initiative, his thought that he was doing good, like, what is good? So, like, Riley's lost his innocence and his way, and I think that's what that means, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. Who's your hero? My heroes are the Scoobies, collectively, because they fell into line behind Buffy, right? She shows up at Giles's place. She's, she's like, Maggie tried to kill me. There was none of this, are you sure? Was this just another one of your dreams, Buffy? You know, it's, she's just like, Maggie tried to kill me and they all stepped up, uh, you know, research, going undercover with her, doing spells. Like like I said, I didn't enjoy this episode a ton, but I like how this episode shows how smoothly and seamlessly the Scoobies work together at this
1: point. Mm, that's a really good answer. I'm going to go with the reporter on the news because without <laughs> her detailed correspondence.
0: She got a scoop. Right? Usually the police don't release that many details.
1: Right? So, I mean, we know the newspapers usually have all the information seconds after what it happens. Yeah, what about Was the boy?
0: Was he not a hero for the way he, like, answered Adam no. and stood up to him and said, you're a monster? Heroes
1: don't wander into the forest alone. Um, but this reporter, this reporter, she's the reason Buffy jumped into action. So she gets the hero award. All ward. right.
0: So we have some uh, throwback hot stakes this week. We've got two comments on episodes from earlier in the season and previous season, right? Mm,
1: yes. Season four and season three. All right. So our first one is from Bahia. I was listening to Wild at Heart yesterday and you were talking about the UC Sunnydale campus being full of woods and five miles from town. Many aspects of UC Sunnydale are referenced to my alma mater, UC Santa Cruz, where producer Marty Noxon also went. UC Santa Cruz is a university in the middle of the woods, about three miles from town, and it would be believable for someone to not be spotted in the woods on campus. Some of the residences at UC Sunnydale are direct references to the colleges at UC Santa Cruz, Stevenson, kresge and porter that's pretty much where the resemblances end as at that time us santa cruz did not have any frats or sororities and filming of uc sunnydale sunnydale was at ucla or other locations with a distinctly southern CA feel. field
0: some that's some good intel though i mm-hmm. appreciate uh shedding some light on the situating of uc sunnydale because yes you and i have enjoyed talking <laughs> about how for for people who don't drive it seems problematic that they keep going back and forth between this remote campus and town so quickly.
1: What she didn't include was how she got to campus. <laughs> Did they walk the, the five miles, the 8K, or what?
0: Well, three miles is a lot more doable than
1: five miles. It's true. Uh, thanks for sending that in.
0: Our next hot take is from Jordan commenting on Helpless, which was the episode where The Watcher's Council puts Buffy through the cruciamentum and Giles drugs Buffy so she loses all her powers. Throwback. And Jordan is here with a bit of an apology for Giles. Says, let me say that I completely agree that what Giles did to Buffy was a betrayal and a horrible thing to do. And I do think they gloss over that betrayal and the forgiveness that has to happen. But I completely disagree that he chose to do it out of his own free will. The council is absolutely coercing Giles into this, and I think it becomes most clear at the end of the episode, but is also alluded to before then. Giles pushes back against the archaic tradition to the head council dude, a.k.a. Quentin Travers, (laughs) and is made very clear to him that his opinions don't matter and he must do this. When he doesn't fully comply, at the end of the episode, the council literally fires him and takes his daughter away from him. He absolutely knows the consequences of not drugging Buffy would be getting fired and essentially losing custody of his daughter uh, and not being her watcher anymore. Sure, they didn't threaten him physically, but I would argue that those two things are probably the worst things he could imagine happening to him, and that cannot be ignored just because he is in a position of authority over Buffy. You've talked before about how Giles likely has a very low status in the eyes of the council, and that may be why he got this particular assignment. And it's impossible to look at this situation without taking into account the power that the council does have over Giles. Hmm. hmm. What do we think, Steph? Do we think that this is mitigating circumstances? We never did put Giles on trial for this.
1: <laughs> um, I stand by my assessment of that. I think he totally could have chose, and he chose way too late, to be on Buffy's side. Um, I, d- I don't want to say that, you know, he didn't have a hard choice to make. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like Giles is a grown man and he could have made that decision. I'm, I, I'm
0: with I'm with you, Steph. Yeah. Jordan, I completely understand what you're saying here. I appreciate you standing up for Giles. And I, I agree that it was a difficult choice and that the council has power over Giles. So I'm not ignoring that. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you just pointed out, Steph, Giles could have made a different choice right he could have refused to obey the council and i don't like the defense that i was just obeying orders right i think that whenever you're in a position of power over somebody else if somebody who has power over you says i want you to abuse your authority and harm somebody you have power over it is your responsibility to you know stop. The, the cycle right there and say no and stand up to people regardless of the consequences. And, and yes, we can make arguments about exigent circumstances and extenuating circumstances and say, well, Giles was afraid. And yeah, but that's the point, right? Is Giles succumbed to that weakness of character of, I am going to let my fear drive me instead of my integrity. And it just, it shows the flaw in his character, right? Which Yeah, is which great is fine. Because, yeah,
1: that's totally yeah, fine. Yeah,
0: like our characters should be flawed, you know? Yes. And, and that's going to become especially important as the series goes on. And Giles is not the only one who's flawed in that way, right? <laughs> like it's season three especially was a, a season of us seeing the flaws in our <laughs> protagonists. Of so
1: many people. Uh, and I yeah. don't, I also want to say, Jordan, like... It's really great to wanna to make space for Giles, right? And like, you know, show that there's a different way of looking at that situation. So I totally get where you're coming from. Um, for me, it's also the fact that Giles loves Buffy, like Buffy's family to him. It shouldn't be as hard of a choice when it's someone you love, when it's somebody who's family. It's not like Forrest or Riley who are following Walsh's orders because they're part of an army, right? They don't they don't love the demons that they're killing or the people that the things that they're capturing. Giles did this to somebody he loves, and I think that's a bigger betrayal than, you know, than the act of him doing it itself. Even it's just the fact that, like, it's Buffy you did this to. If you did this to Xander, we would forgive you in a second, you know.
0: (laughs) Would we even notice?
1: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) You still here? I'd say when he shows up the next day. (laughs)
0: All right. Thanks for your hot steak, Jordan. And thank you to all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters for your ongoing support of our podcast, especially our chosen ones. Lizzie. Emma. Hannah. Teza. Alexandra. Kyle. Kayla. Destiny. Brady. Erica. Justine. Allison. Lena. Jace. Julian. And Haley. And Nicola.
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks everyone (laughs) we will see you next week bye
0: (laughs) thanks for listening to prophecy girls If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options.
1: We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week.
0: We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels.
1: Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter.
0: You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com, Or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord.
1: Praise Moloch!
0: See you next week!